You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll switch gears here and finish up talking about another Nick that missed, missed action this weekend. Um, it was not for benching for poor play, though he has not played well. But Quinn Grimes, uh, he missed game four with a, a shoulder contusion. He was a game-time decision coming into the game. Um, he didn't even come out to shoot around. So I almost wonder if the Knicks were kind of playing games with the injury report there because he didn't come out to shoot around. He wasn't around for the 1140 warm-up. So they knew he wasn't going to play. So Grimes did not play game four. He missed the second half of game three. That was the first time we learned that he was even injured. Josh Hart started the second half of that game. He started all of he started game three, uh, game four, uh, following that. So Grimes was seen on Sunday wearing a sling on the bench. Now I looked at uh, Fred Katz's tweet. He said that that was seen or done as a precautionary move because he was sitting on the bench with his shoulder injury. He's close to his teammates, close to the action on the court, so they didn't want anything bad to happen to him because he's not protected in that situation. So the, apparently he's still on the table for potentially coming back for a game five. They're listing him as day to day. Grimes so far has struggled this series with his shot and simply just being involved offensively in the series as a whole. He's shooting just 18% from the field, 11% from three. He is again listed as day to day. Tommy, first off, do you think the Knicks can win this series without Quentin Grimes if that is what is needed? Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously it was just off on, on the second half of uh, game three on Friday night when they blew the Cavs out of the building. Um, yep. You know, uh, we saw in game four, they were able to secure a victory um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, Grimes wasn't playing that well. And also the Knicks, you know, one of their great strengths. Um, and again, we'll talk about it. You know, if, if the Cavs should be eliminated is when you invest a lot of assets into one player, it, it dilutes your ability to kind of buttress the roster in other respects. Um, yeah. You know, IQ. Even though he hasn't, he's been he's been off. His shot hasn't dropped. Um, he's found ways to contribute by spacing the floor and also playing really well defensively. Um, I mentioned his struggles offensively. IQ is by far has the best net ratings, plus forty two um, uh, on the court this wow. season, is which is by far um, the the best of the Knicks and obviously the best of any player. Um, yeah. So you get more IQ minutes. Um, uh, and the other thing that, you know, we didn't even mention his name yet, but the five minutes that Deuce McBride contributed, um, in in game four Sunday, um, really inspired. I I mean, listen, it doesn't take, you know, a a, a trained basketball expert to see he comes in the game and it's hell on earth for whoever he's starting. Um, incredible point of attack defender, um, you know, gave fits whenever he's been in the series. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's like the LeBron meme when he sees Kawhi check in and goes like this, you know, you know, you you don't want to see that that annoying guy. Um, we've all played against those dudes in in various (laughs) leagues and and pick up games. God, I don't want to deal with this guy. You know, I just want to have fun and play basketball. This guy's going to make my life a nightmare, you know, chase me 94 feet. Um, and that's exactly what, what Grimes is, um, McBride has done. So yeah. if Grimes uh, up on, on Friday, um, you have Hart and, and Grimes and uh, uh, Hart and IQ. And then and, and obviously Brunson is going to play his minutes and RJ can swing a little bit, play some too. Um, and I'd love to see, uh, again, we've talked about it before the series, during the series, um, and it proved itself uh, again in game four. Give McBride three or four, five minutes a half. Yep. Um, and just just to muck things up, just to change the flow, the tempo, especially um, if, if the team is struggling defensively. Because um, and, and then he obviously knocked down his only three-pointer, hit that three-pointer yeah. from the wing. So if he's, you know, if he can make shots, I mean, then it's just a, that's just cherry, cherry on the Sunday. So um, I think the Knicks have enough depth there to, to cover up, even if Grimes can't suit up. Yeah, I think there were two positives from Grimes not playing, even though, you know, Grimes is an important piece. 
Number one, I agree. McBride came in. I called for it after game two. He only played in garbage time in game three. I think he made it came in a situational situation, but otherwise just played the rest of the end of the fourth quarter. Um, but I said that I think you need to find five to ten minutes for McBride to play because those guards were getting so comfortable in game two that I think you just needed to throw something different out there. Somebody was going to pick them up and, and make hell on earth for them, as you mentioned. Um, and interesting, they, they something times they come in and put them on Karis LeVert, which I think has been a little surprising, but uh, you know, Karis LeVert's not used to playing against a guy like that either, and he was a guy that was giving the Knicks problems too, um, not so much in the games at Madison Square Garden. So I agree the McBride minutes were a plus. Also, I thought it actually allowed Josh Hart to really kind of like play a 40-minute game in, in game four. And we know what Josh Hart brings to the table. And not to say that Grimes can't do some of the things Josh Hart does, but considering how consistent, how reliable Josh Hart is, like knowing that I got 40 minutes, I know like that 19 and seven line in 40 minutes, like that that feels like what Josh Hart would score if he probably played 40 minutes a night for an NBA team. You know, he'd probably give you something like one of those numbers. Now, would you win a lot of games? I don't know. But in this weird series where you're trying to just match with the other team, like, I'll take 40 minutes of Josh Hart if it means that those 20 minutes quitting grind where he's not involved, where he's not active, where he's not getting shots, where he's missing shots, and he's not bringing much to the table. If that means I can get 20 more minutes of Josh Hart and whatever that means, but I know a lot of it will be good, I'll take that. So to me, that's almost like a good trade for the Knicks where it's like, look, I, I got to r- ride hard a little longer, but I know I'm going to get a return on investment because of what he brings to the table, and I can mix in those five minutes of deuce. So in some ways, I would say it's a blessing, but I think it ended up helping the Knicks definitely in game four. And I think the Knicks will be okay if they don't have Grimes. It would be good to get him back in. Even if he comes back, I still think I would like to see more of Hart. I'd like to see more of McBride, get those guys in there. I, I think that Tip should just expand the rotation to 10 if if, uh, if Grimes comes back and just say, yeah. you know, again, McBride doesn't have to play 15 minutes. You can just right. play five, but just another body, just another guy to, to, to shake things up. I think that would be a benefit. But, yeah, McBride uh, really did good in those five minutes that he played. And and with McGrimes, I I will say this. I thought – I don't know what it's been with him in terms of why he struggled. I don't know if the shoulder thing – like, I didn't see him actually get hurt. Like, I don't know what happened. So, I don't know if this is something he's been dealing with. And now it got to a point where they're like, he needs to sit. He can't play through this. And that is – maybe contributed to some of his shooting issues because he was shooting the ball so well coming into uh, coming into the postseason. And then like his shot just disappeared. It seems like. Yeah. I, I, we talked about the final nine games of the season averaged nearly 22 points a game, you know, slashing like 49, 42, 85, something like that. Um, you know, just uh, phenomenal numbers, um, terrific efficiency and, and just didn't have it going. It seemed like he was, when he went in, at, at halftime in game three, it looked like he's, you know, really dropped the shoulder. So there wasn't a lot of pain. I assume that was because of a hit, but maybe he was nagging him and then finally got controlled yeah. again. Um, but it's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe that, that did contribute. Um, but again, it was a small sample size. Um, as we talked yeah. about, he only took seven shots over the first two games of the uh, uh, six shots, rather, over the first two games of, uh, of the series, four in game one and only two in game two. Um, so it wasn't like he had an opportunity to, to really contribute. They're going to need him, you know, um, if and if they are able to advance the second round. Um, he again, over the second half of the season, he was one of the team's better two way players, um, you know, can score a really high clip. We, we you know, we, we sung jo- uh, Quinn Grimes praises uh, plenty uh, here on this yeah. podcast. So this is taking nothing away from him. But again, so again, the 
the same thing with Randall. If he's not playing, get the guy out of there. This is this is yeah. not the time of year where you you know assuage you know massage guys' egos and all the other stuff. And like nah, like you got to produce or or it's a wrap. Um, and just to, in in kind of wrapping up, Josh Hart. Um, of all the many things he does and brings to the table, um, you know, we've talked about a guy. This is his first taste of postseason basketball. He's physically prepared himself um, for the battle. I mean, this guy is in phenomenal shape. You know, the, the, there was the joke on ABC, yeah, yeah. You know, I can play 48, um, and I don't doubt it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and joked about, you know, he, like feeling like he's a defensive back and we could have played tight end in, in the NFL. Um, I don't doubt it. Um, this dude yeah. just is 100 miles per hour. Every single second he's on the floor, Mister Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, sometimes that gets him into trouble. You know, he could he could relax and and and, and peel it back out. He doesn't have to, you know, do his euro, you know, uh, right yeah. to left to, to lay up every single time he gets near the basket and then complain to the refs. Um, he can he can pull it back out every now and then. But um, you know, you don't tell him anything. The way the guy yeah. plays inspires the crowd. Uh, you know, some guys are made to play in New York, and some guys are made to play in big games. Josh Hart is that dude. And finally, you mentioned that this was Hart's first go around in this postseason. And it reminded me of something that has been one of the more annoying things about this series, which is J.D. Bickerstaff's excuses for why his team keeps losing. And every game, it's something. First game, oh, first time we're in the playoffs. Then game, they lose game three, oh, well, it's first time on the road. And I, I legitimately was wondering what he was going to say after game Four, because now you've played your first games on the road. You've played your first playoff game. Meanwhile, again, this is a team that has more playoff experience combined than the Knicks. And then he's saying, well, you know, this is something that guys just have to go through. And it's like, come on, man. Like, if I was a Cavs fan, like, this would this would drive me crazy. Like, like where is the sense of urgency? It can't just be, well, we're going through this thing and it's going to be tough until we figure it out. Like, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff has done a great job this season. He's done a great job since being hired as a full-time Cavs head coach, but I mean, this commentary that he's been doing in these games and, you know, I know he wanted to protect his guys saying my guys aren't scared of anybody or scared of any environment. And then, all right, well, then your team, why does your team look like they're shook every time they start a game in Madison Square Garden? You know, so uh, that has been one of the things I've seen, uh, Bickerstaff and, and the reasons. I don't know. Some of this, I think, is him trying to explain away stuff for his team. But to me, I don't, if I was a player, I don't think I'd like to hear being like, oh, I, I couldn't perform because I've never done this before. Like, I don't know. Like I, that, that doesn't feel like the right excuse to make in terms of a, a mentality. Cause it suggests that you had no agency over the result. It suggests that there was, you had no, like whatever, regardless of what you did, like you weren't going to, you were going to fail. It's like, well, that's the case. Then why am I doing all this? Why are we preparing to play a game that we're trying to win? If you're saying that, well, I came in already, uh, with my one hand tied behind my back. So I feel like bigger staff, he, I don't think he's coached a great series. I think he's been out coached by Tom Thibodeau. And I also think that some of these post game comments in terms of how he's trying to answer for how his team is playing have not been good. Agreed. Um, listen, we gave Bickerstaff credit for going to Levert more frequently, more often yep. game two. Um, we talked about what adjustments would, would Tibbs made, and I think he's made the proper adjustments, deserves credit. Um, and I believe he is out coaching um, uh, Bickerstaff. Uh, one, you know, one for example, um, putting uh, actions in which Obi gets him going left, gets him going left and going downhill. Um, you know, Tibbs deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, so yeah, it, you know, uh, again, it's it's coach speak. A lot of it's you know just just trying to say some things, but um, again, and as we talked about early on, um, Cavs uh, collectively, coaching staff, players um, look shook, daddy, um, since setting foot on the guard <laughs> Friday yeah. and, and then again on Sunday. So um, can they bounce back on, on on Wednesday? We'll see, and that's uh, I believe that's what we'll talk about tomorrow.